The text for the sermon this day is taken from the gospel lesson, which was read to you earlier. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And if you have, I encourage you to open up your hymnal to page 430, which was the hymn we just sang, because I'm going to kind of go to it a bit. Today, this week, is the second week in a row that we have a parable from Jesus. A parable where he talks about a man who does seemingly foolish things. Last week, it was the parable of the prodigal son. But it was really the father who seemingly was foolish. Because the son demanded his inheritance, which is, you know, basically a way of saying, Dad, you're not dying fast enough, so give me what's coming to me. And the father grants the wish. And then, this week... We have a master of a vineyard. He goes away for a while, and he sends his servant, and eventually he sends his servants to find out to gather some fruit. The tenants, when this servant comes, they beat, they beat the servant, and they send him back. Now, if you're the master of the vineyard, what would you do after the first time? You'd say, ah. I'm going to send some soldiers to deal with those tenants. That's not what the master does. Instead, he sends another servant. They beat him and send him back. And he sends a third one. And, the, and actually, in the Greek word, it actually says that they humiliated him. They embarrassed him. They destroyed him and sent him back. And so then... After three servants, you figure you'd say, okay, now is the time to send in an army. Now is the time to send some soldiers after these people. But again, this time he decides to send his son, his only son, thinking they would respect him. But instead, they beat him and they kill him, thinking that they will receive their inheritance. Now, Jesus is telling this parable. Every single person who was hearing it knew exactly what he was saying. Well, at least many of them knew. Because he was making reference to Isaiah chapter 5, which talks about the owner of the vineyard. And the owner of the vineyard in Isaiah 5 is Yahweh, the Lord. And the one who is the, the tenants... Well, that's the people of Israel. That's the nation of Israel. And now, and when they say, and so the son, and so he's telling them pretty much their history. Think Joseph, the brother, he was thrown and sold into slavery by his brothers. Moses, they, he was rejected by, many times by the nation of Israel. You have Samuel, who they demanded a king because God wasn't good enough. You have Elijah and Elisha, who they're constantly trying to hunt down and kill. You have Isaiah, who they, they rejected. You have Jeremiah, who we actually heard just a few weeks ago. He called upon repentance, and they tried to kill him. And, that, and then even within their own lifetime, they had John the Baptist, the one whom Jesus said no greater man had been born of woman than this one. In him they allowed Herod to arrest and behead. And now he's telling them 
exactly what they are going to do to him within just a few days of this. Because this is recorded, this is, this, Jesus is telling this during Holy Week. He's already done the triumphal entry. He is telling them that he, they are going to kill him. They knew exactly what he was doing. But the thing is, and see, this is, you know, God is giving incredible patience, incredible gentleness, because he sends prophet after prophet after prophet after prophet, even though they reject and beat them. And here he is sending his son. And what does his son, amazingly, his son still do from the cross? He still says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, this is what this hymn that we just sang a little bit ago. The hymn is the hymn, my song is Love Unknown. Every single Sunday of the church year has a hymn that is assigned to it. Now, we don't always sing that hymn because some of them are difficult to sing. But the one that is assigned to the fifth Sunday of Lent in every, pretty much every church in our synod is My Song is Love Unknown. And it's, a hymn, it's an Anglican hymn from the 1600s. And listen to it, the first verse. It goes, My Song is Love Unknown. Think about the love that your parents had for you. Think about the love that maybe you have for a spouse. May, think of the love that your children may have for you. Think of the love that you have between a good friend. Hopefully some of you are surrounded by love. Now I realize that some are not so fortunate. But no matter the love that you have, none of it is as great as the love that God has for you. It is a love that is unknown to man. Because it goes right ahead. It says, My Savior's love to me, love to the loveless shown. Notice what it's calling you? Loveless. And this is completely consistent with Scripture. This is what Paul says of us says of our condition in Romans. He says, it is as it is written, actually stepping backwards, he says, for we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, or you could read that as Jews and Gentiles, and by the way, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile, all are under sin, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. Notice, if you're thinking, this isn't talking about me, raise your hand if you're, if you're a human being. Actually, you don't have to raise your hand. If you are a human being, it's talking about you. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, and their path are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And jumping forward a little bit, he says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Which I read that verse, I can't help but be mindful of a quote that I saw on Facebook. It was a quote by Charles Spurgeon, where he said, if any man thinks ill of you, 
Do not be angry with him, for you are worse than he thinks you are. Kind of a sobering quote, isn't it? But that is exactly where Paul goes. We are the loveless. Scripture tell, we, we are told that there's something in us that we deserve, we deserve all the good things. We, be, we are told by our society that by yourself, on your own will, you deserve love. But in the Scriptures, it actually goes the other. In fact, we are the loveless. We do not deserve love. And yet, love to the loveless shown, that they might lovely be. Oh, who am I that for my sake my Lord should take frail flesh and die? See, we are the loveless ones, and yet, as it says in 1 John, love is not just an emotion. Love is not just a fancy word. Love is a person. It says that God is love. John, 1 John 3 tells us that this is love, that he laid down his life for us. He, love is a he. It's a person, Jesus Christ. See, love himself became flesh to suffer and die for the loveless ones that you may be made lovely. See, he gives you, see, this is why it is an unknown love. Because it has nothing to do about how lovely we are. Rather, it's because of who he is. He is love. And because he is love, he makes you lovely. He came from his blessed throne, salvation to bestow. But men made strange, and none the long for Christ but know. But, oh, my friend, my friend indeed, who at my need his life did spend. Next week is Palm Sunday. They say sometimes they strew his way and sweet praises sing, resounding all the day, Hosanna to their king. Next week you will hear those words, the words of the crowds. They will sing, Hosanna, son of David, save us. And yet that very same street, he will go down it again later that week. And they will holler at him. They'll jeer him. They'll holler, crucify him. Crucify him. The very same street. Verse 4. Why? What hath my Lord done? What makes this rage in spite? Listen, he made the lame to run. He gave the blind their sight. Think about that. The blind to see. The lame to walk. The mute to speak. The lepers, he cleansed lepers. You notice, how, have you ever noticed how Jesus cleansed lepers? The incredible compassion with the way he did it? We see it in scriptures that Jesus, I mean, Jesus could be in an entirely different town and say, yeah, he's healed. Boom, he's healed. He never had to go to him. And yet when it came to the leper, do you know what he did? He touched them. That's significant. Because in the culture, lepers, nobody touched a leper. 
They were afraid to even let the shadow of a leper touch them. They were afraid if their shadow touched them, they would get leprosy. And so they avoided lepers because of of the plague that they had. They, They avoided them. And the thing was, is other lepers wouldn't touch each other. Because lepers were afraid if they touched another leper, that their leprosy would become worse. So imagine going the majority of your life not having a single human being make physical contact with you. No hugs, no handshakes, no pat on the back, not even somebody to tap on your shoulder to make you look the wrong way. Nothing. But Jesus chose to touch them. To heal them. And yet, sweet in- injuries, yet they at these themselves displease and against them rise. They flogged him, they beat him. They rise in needs will have. My dear Lord made a way. A murderer they save. The prince of life they slay. Yet cheerful he to suffering goes. And then verse 6. In life no house, no home. My Lord on earth might have. In death no friendly tomb. But what a stranger gave. You ever thought about that? Whose tomb was Jesus laid in? The tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Jesus didn't have a tomb. The tomb that was prepared was his was a tomb that that Joseph of Arimathea was supposed to lie dead in. And yet, Jesus laid in his grave. In the verse, what may I say? Heaven was his home, but mine the tomb wherein he lay. See that, going back to that parable of the vineyard, when th- that is what they were to do to him. He allowed for all of this to happen. It's so seemingly foolish. You read in 1 Corinthians, it even says that to those who are perishing, the cross is foolishness. The entire message, the unknown song of love is utter foolishness to the human mind. Because none of us would endure that. None of us, we all, many, in our culture, we tell people that God helps those who help themselves. Which, by the way, that is not in the Bible, just so you know. But we quote, some people quote that almost as if it's scripture, when exactly scripture is exactly the opposite. We couldn't help ourselves. We were doing anything and everything of ourselves to destroy ourselves, and yet he still suffered and died and gave himself for us. See, the crazy thing was that the, the, the tenants, they thought that if they kill the son, they receive his inheritance. The crazy thing is, is that by them killing him, his inheritance is passed on to others. It is by his death that we become heirs of Christ. 
It is by his death that we become heirs of heaven. It is by his death, by him being laid in the tomb that should be ours, we receive his home that is heaven. A song of love unknown. But notice in that passage, there is, it is not without warning. Because he's telling these crowds that the stone that the reject, the stone that the builders have rejected has become the cornerstone. He tells them that those who fall on it will be destroyed, will be crushed. Jesus is making it is and through parable, he is telling them there is only one way to salvation, and it's him, the cornerstone. To reject the cornerstone is, is destruction. There is no salvation outside of the son of the master of the vineyard. There is no, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, the life. It doesn't say a truth, a life, way, a life, but the. No one gets to the father except through him. He is, telling, he is telling the very message to that crowd. So if this is the song of love that is unknown. What are you supposed to do with the song? Do you just leave it in a book? No, you sing it. Now, I'm not saying you have to go around singing the hymn to everybody you see. But the message of the, that song, the song that is detailed throughout all of the scriptures. It is a song that is to pour from your lips because how are they to believe unless somebody has told them? Unless they have heard? You are witnesses. You are the voices by which that song is to be spoken. There are those who will be you are the servants of the master of the vineyard. You may be the one he is sending. And yes, they might reject you. They might beat you. But remember, not everyone rejected and beated the prophets. There were those who listened. And there were those who were saved. And there were those who heard Christ and received and have life. They, the promise, the inheritance has been given to a different people. You are the different people. So sing the song of love unknown to the world. Because the victory is yours. The life is yours. The inheritance is yours. And it's to all who believe in the name of the Son of the Master of the Vineyard. To him be all glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keeping the one true faith, the life everlasting. Amen. Please stand.